One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 130. Today, I am so excited to be talking about a marketing topic that has definitely not gotten enough airtime on this podcast yet, and that is brand. My guest for this episode is B of Powerhouse Brand Studio. B is a brand and business strategist who works with impact-driven women to build brands that attract and convert their audiences. She does this through her signature power model, which we talked about in this episode. In our episode, we also discussed what brand is, how to build a powerful brand, again, including the details of her method, how to make sure your brand is actually converting to revenue, the critical importance of really getting to know your ideal customer, why getting to know your why really matters, and much, much more. This episode is a great one for anyone interested in building a strong brand, one that gets your audience interested, converted into clients, and then sticking around for the long haul. Here is our conversation. Hey, B, welcome to Making Good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, We are going to have a really great, important conversation today all about brand, Mm -hmm. which is something that I have not dug into super deeply on this podcast. So really looking forward to it. Before we go there, though, I would love for you to introduce yourself and your business to my audience um, and a little bit of your story, how you got to own your own business and do what you do. Yeah, so uh, I'm B. Uh, I'm a brand business strategist with my business, Powerhouse Brand Studio. Uh, and I work with impact driven women to attract and convert their audiences. Um, and so, what that looks like is helping them align their purpose with their audience and helping them create workflows that genuinely work for them. Um, and then helping them refine it over time so that they don't feel like their business is running them and that they actually feel good about what's happening. Um, I have been in business for seven years now, actually, I just hit seven years back in May and it has been a wild ride to get to this point. Um, (laughs) I started my business when I was 21, just kind of out of panic. And like, I was at, at this time when I was working full time at a print shop and I learned everything. Uh, I knew how to run the press, how to do all the like customer management, how to run payroll. Like I learned how to run the entire shop by myself and 
as somebody who was probably just a budding entrepreneur, I just wanted to keep growing and learning consistently. And so I was lucky enough to live at home at the time because I was 21. And so um, my parents were okay with me just up and quitting my job. And I completely quit with no business name, no website, no clients, no experience working as a freelancer. I literally had (laughs) nothing to start with. And so the first four years were honestly probably the roughest um, in terms of like, I would take on any work that came my way, you know, like you're trying to stay paid anything that just like, Hey, can you design this t-shirt? Can you do this presentation? You know, like anything that required design, I would do it. Um, but it was in 2019 when I started learning about brand and business strategy specifically because I had gotten into just doing more brand and logo design, but through the logo design process with some of the clients I worked with, I started noticing that they were still having a really hard time actually reaching their audiences and understanding how to actually build a brand outside of what the visuals were. And so I started digging into like, how can we actually help women build their businesses and build their brand so that it's recognizable and it's a a thing that their audience needs versus wants. Um, and so I started learning about just strategy, like how consumers operate, marketing, all of these things. And so in 2019, I started pivoting to doing brand and business strategy. And that process has evolved to helping over like 40 clients now help like build their businesses, you know? And so it's not just helping them figure out how to build their brand, but how can we create branding opportunities to support their business and help them grow it. Um, so it's been quite a wild ride. Um, it's taken <laughs> a long time to get to this point of feeling really confident about, you know, what I'm doing, which I think is pretty natural for all entrepreneurs. But yeah, that's uh, the how I got here. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, actually, like that it's taken a while and the first four years were tough and... Um, I think it's very easy to look around at what other people are doing and see, or at least get the impression that things happened really, really quickly. And for almost everyone, that's not the case. And I think, I, I guess I just really appreciate you calling that out because I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of comfort in hearing that. So, um, yeah, I just love that you went out of your way to say that. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I guess this is a little off script, but I'm curious. So you, you said you quit your job Mm -hmm. and you had no brand website business plan really. And you know, you were lucky enough to have the support for that. So what did you do when you're (laughs) at point zero? I have nothing, no ideas yet. I just know I want to work for myself. Like what were your first steps or if if you don't feel like you went about it the right way, like what would you recommend for someone mm. listening who's kind of in that same spot? That's a great question. And so if I could go back in time and tell my 21-year-old self something different, I would not have just quit cold turkey with like nothing. Um, I wish I would have been a bit more focused in terms of like building something on the side that I felt really confident at. I do feel that it was though at a time where it was like becoming a freelancer seemed like this like magical thing that if I just quit my job, I can start finding work and everything's going to be great. Like I, 
it just seems so easy. Um, and I think that there was this, this kind of like screen over it that I wasn't really seeing it for like, I wasn't seeing the work required to actually get what I was dreaming of. And so I wish in hindsight that I would have waited a little longer and been a bit more diligent. Um, and specifically in the sense of just like trying out different things. And so the reason why it's taking me you know, it took me at least five years to start digging into brand and business strategy was because I had no idea what I wanted to focus on, you know? And so when you don't know what to focus on, when you're trying to start a business, it becomes very like exhausting because you feel like you're just kind um, constantly changing direction. So at some point I was like, I want to do wedding invitations. And the other point I was like, I want to do, uh, sell like paper goods. And then I wanted to do illustration and then I wanted to do murals. And like, I just kept like chasing this, chasing different things that I thought I was passionate about while still trying to make money. And I think while you're trying to do those two things together, it was really hard to market any products or services when I wasn't even feeling particularly confident about what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. but in terms of like, how did I even start from ground zero? What's particularly funny is I like quit my job. And then like two days later, I flew to a creative conference and everybody was like, what do you do? And I was like, I just quit my job. And everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I got like yeah. five vibes from everybody. Cause they're like, you know, screw the man. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I went there and, um, I just, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by a lot of really great people in the creative community. And that is why, like, I just love like being uh, surrounded by creatives because we're, we all tend to be very helpful in terms of like just providing insight and advice. And so I was lucky enough to have friends who were also freelancers who would hand off work that they didn't want to take on. Um, and mm. so I just really built my network of people who trusted me and really liked me as a person and then started getting clients here and there. Um, I went to like a ton of different marketing events um, to just meet people and be like, Hey, I'll design a logo for 500, you know, which in hindsight is an awful offer. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it created momentum and allowed me to fail and like learn on the job basically, um, yeah. to, to get to where I am today. Yeah. That's awesome. 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 Um, okay. So let's dig into your expertise now which is brand and Mm -hmm. brand is one of those words that I think is used kind of interchangeably for a lot of people in when they're learning about marketing like they might mix up branding and marketing and advertising and all of these things all together but actually brand is different from those other words I just mentioned it's kind of it's got a lot with it that's that's unique from I don't know other terms in marketing. So mm-hmm. what is brand uh, and why is it something that people should focus on and, and be really thoughtful and thinking through? Yeah. So in my mind, how I like to define a brand is that it's some, it's how someone experiences your service or your product. And so that can be your personal brand, or that can be a brand for the business that you're running, or it can be kind of a bit of both. But when we talk about having a brand, it's kind of two facets of it. And so what commonly happens is a lot of folks really think of the logo, the typography, the colors, the visual assets that kind of showcase to people 
here's what I offer and here's what I'm about. Whereas on my side of things, you can't necessarily have the visuals unless you have the foundation of your brand um, established. And so what this means is making sure that you're super clear in your purpose. You understand who you're targeting and why they even want, want to pay for your product or buy your service. Um, and then how can you create opportunities for you to be in those spaces where they're at? And so a brand is obviously there's like the visual components of it, but it's actually how it works and how, um, in my mind, how like your brand is your biggest asset to your business, you know? And so there's a book, um, based on a talk that I'm sure like we've all seen, um, start with why by Simon Sinek. And it talks about this concept of like, people don't buy what you do. They don't buy how you do it. Like nobody really cares. What they do care about is the why behind it. And that why is really what your brand is. It's that vision for what you're hoping to create in the world and the impact of what you're doing. So when we think of like making good, all the things that you're doing behind the scenes to impact whatever areas that you're focused on, like that's what a brand is to me is how can somebody be a part of this vision that I'm creating? And while I might offer these services or these products beneath it, how can these people have a unique experience and feel a part of this vision that I have for my business? Mm-hmm. And how does the like visual component play into that? Like, I really love the thinking deeper about you know, it's, it's beyond the logo and the color scheme and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that's part of branding as well. So how is that, how do those kind of tie together? Yeah. So the work that I've done with my clients, we always prioritize building out their foundation, that brand strategy, which always makes sure that we include their messaging, who their ideal client is, platforms that they should be on, like marketing opportunities, And then from there, what ends up happening is based on what we know about their target market, uh, research on their competitors, and really just taking their purpose into consideration, we'll start to build graphics that represent those three sectors of their business. Um, Sometimes I feel like a lot of business owners tend to build brands around things that they like and what they tend to like tends to be a little bit trendy. And so they'll kind of follow this trend for their brand and then get tired of it. And then it keeps changing. But when we talk about building a visual brand, we really need to stay consistent with the graphics so that our audience can start to build that recognition. Um, It takes people five to seven times for to even remember anything. And I'm actually really curious if that statistic has been updated with how much information we're constantly bombarded with on a daily basis. Um, And so if we understand that. that, Yeah. (laughs) And so if we take into consideration that like, It takes five to seven times for somebody to recognize our things. We need to be super consistent with like how we're um, putting out our brand in terms of like messaging, any like content that you have, the graphics of it, the colors, all those things paired together. Um, but, But yeah, so a lot of the visual brand really comes from understanding what your audience is looking for and how we can really relate to them, um, through our brand. Yeah. Very smart. So you talked a little bit about this, like kind of gave us a little window into your process with your clients mm-hmm. of, of building their brand. But overall, like, let's say we have a listener who's getting excited about, you know, thinking about their brand in a different way. 
what steps should they take even on their own um, to build a powerful brand? Like what are the maybe basic um, elements to that, that you'd walk someone through? Yeah, that is a great question. And something that I recommend to everybody, and I worked with a variety of like new business owners and business owners who have been in the game for, you know, 10 plus years. And the most consistent thing that I always pull people back to is my power method. And so what that encompasses is number one, getting super clear on your purpose. And so really getting understanding what your vision is for what you want to create in the world, how your audience might relate to it, the impact of your business that you want to have. And really thinking towards those like five-year five-year goals, which I know to like new business owners, that can be extremely overwhelming. And so if you're listening and you're finding that like five years, how can I think that far ahead? I always recommend like, okay, let's think like a year from now, like where do you want to be? Um, <laughs> from there, we observe our audience and our competitors. And so we start to get clear on who our ideal client is um, and what they're looking for in a business or a brand that relates to your the services or the products that you offer. Um, and so we tend to build out like ideal client profiles that are you know, they, you have the demographics, like their mindset, psychographics, but we also take it a step further to really build their entire, uh, persona as like who they actually are as a human outside of how you interact with them. And so we'll create opportunities for like, you know, if this person is a mom, uh, maybe like a single mom, how can we create opportunities to support them throughout the day that isn't necessarily like pitching them our products? Um, mm-hmm. From there, we'll create workflows that are necessary to actually reach them. And so it's like, you know, if you know that maybe that mom is having a hard time getting up and running in the morning, maybe there's an opportunity for you to create some like meditation or like some daily uh, affirming email that you can send every morning to help her get out of bed or just like feel good about like doing what she's doing. Um, from there you execute on it and then refine it over time with the data that you get from those particular workflows. And so building a brand is just really making sure that you're just feeling clear about what you're doing and then connecting it with like your audience and then making sure that you have those workflows and automations and systems in place to support the work that you're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you've mentioned your ideal customer a few times and really getting to know them and speaking to them and creating things for them. Mm -hmm. Why is it that this is so important when it comes to building a brand that you really get to know who your ideal customer is? Getting to know who they are is in my mind, truly the key to unlocking your revenue. Um, a lot of the time, and I'll give an example actually. So last summer, I worked with a business owner who um, was doing amazing. Like I adored her content. She like seemed that like she had everything running well. Um, and so when we talked to each other, I was kind of shocked that she wanted to work together. And so the more that we talked, what we found was that she had two audiences that she was having a hard time figuring out how to sell her course to, and then her coaching to. And so 
what happened was that she knew that they were coaches um, or people who would want to take her like curriculum course, but that was all that she really knew about it. Like she's really great at her expertise, but in terms of understanding why people would even want to learn about her expertise was the piece that she was missing. And so through our work together, we got super clear on who is it that you're targeting that would want to buy your coaching or who would want to be coached by you? For curriculum, who wants to learn curriculum? Why would they need to learn curriculum? What areas are they in that this could support their endeavors? Um, And through clarifying who they were, we started to pair up her service funnel with her, um, her idea clients. And so we created this entire customer journey that was like, you know, these people might come in for coaching, but down the road, they actually want to learn about curriculum design. And so we just got really clear on who these people were exactly, um, and created opportunities for her to speak to both audiences at the same time. And within a month, she three X her income. And it was because she had that clarity of, This is who needs my services. This is how I can explain what I'm doing. My messaging that is super clear and concise and that speaks to them. And it's becoming easier to attract them and convert them into her business. Um, And so when we talk about getting clear on your ideal client, there's so much opportunity for you to build your business when it's obviously focused on what you're passionate about and like what you feel your purpose is. But pairing that with who your ideal client is, it creates a genuine connection um, and it's easier to build an audience that is engaged and that you create those fans for your business. And I just think back to the statistic that 90% of consumers now or are more likely to buy from brands they love, even if cheaper mm-hmm. options exist. And so when we think about really understanding who your ideal client is, the goal is to get to that 90% of consumers, you know, like how can we have an audience that loves what we're offering or loves what we're selling? um, And they only want to buy from us. It's creating that two-way relationship from like just being a business to actually having an engaged audience. Yeah. I love that statistic. I hadn't heard that, but that's very good news for small business owners who uh, don't often have the lowest prices just because they make things themselves and there's time and they care about their materials. So Mm -hmm. that is a great statistic and good news for everyone listening. I'm sure (laughs) two, two part question for you. One, I guess me personally, and I know my listeners as well, we love like little tips and tricks that make a big difference. So when it comes to building a brand, are there some easy to implement like next steps that people can take just small things that make a big impact Mm -hmm. in terms of building a brand, as well as when you have a brand, are there simple things that people can do to make sure that they're converting to actual revenue? Yeah. So for the first question, Something that always feels kind of simple to do, but um, that is sometimes a struggle for my clients is getting crystal clear on why you do what you do. Um, and the reason why I keep coming back to that is that is the the core piece that people are going to relate to when they see your business. Like, yes, they'll enjoy your products. They'll enjoy your services. And you can build a business on solid products 
But if we want to build a business where we're developing relationships with people and they feel like they can relate to us and that they feel a part of our business, that comes from getting super clear on your purpose. And so my tip for like new business owners is like just sitting down with like a piece of paper, maybe some coffee in the morning or a cocktail at night, if that's your vibe and just like journaling out as you're starting this business, what do you hope to do with this? Like, what do you want to accomplish? What is making good or doing good mean to you? Um, and by getting clear on that vision, it's going to be really easy to identify what needs to be done in order to accomplish that. And so like, you know, for me, for example, I, my vision is to help women build more wealth. And by doing by that being my vision, I'm doing that through branded business strategy, helping them build businesses that also impact the lives of the women that they're working with. And so it's kind of creating this ripple effect amongst my clients and their clients and their clients. And so for new business owners, I always recommend just getting crystal clear on what your purpose is um, and how that really works. Um, and then if you have been in business for a while and you want like next steps, I do have uh, a free course that if somebody wants to learn how to attract and convert their, uh, audience, it's called, of course, identify, um, attract and convert your audience. Um, it's a free five part course that takes you through the basics that you need to know to start to create content that really resonates with the clients that you're trying to target or the customers you're trying to target. And it helps you identify what content you need to create to actually create an engaged audience that will want to buy from you. Um, outside of that is just making sure that you are creating opportunities for your audience to engage with you. And so sometimes that looks like creating that aligned content on Instagram, or maybe that's focusing on email marketing and taking this particular approach to really create this brand experience that people will always remember. Um, and so those would be my two tips, um, based on if somebody's like newer to business or has been in it for a little while and just wants more clarity and next steps. Awesome. Yeah. And we will link that free course in the show notes for sure. That is an awesome opportunity. So everyone take her up on that for sure. Um, I just want to call out a couple of things you said related to purpose. One of the reasons I think it's so useful to lead with your purpose when it comes to your business is that it makes marketing a lot easier in a sense, because you can focus a lot less on yourself and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm want to make this many sales. And if that starts to feel like for those who resist marketing or resist feeling salesy, focusing on your purpose and what happens when you meet your business goals is that you can make a bigger impact that makes the marketing easier. So I think that's one of the reasons that it's so important to be really tied and connected to what your purpose or your why is, is because it enables, enables you to be a little bit more relentless with your marketing, because you know that when your marketing is successful, you're going to make a bigger impact in the ways that you want to. So mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and the other thing, I don't know if you agree with this and I would love to hear your thoughts, but I think sometimes the idea of like, what is my purpose or what is my business's purpose can feel a little bit overwhelming and like people have to get it just right. And so I just would encourage people mm -hmm. to let it evolve also. Like 
come up with something, start with that. And like, if that starts to feel like it needs an update, that could be. And that's been the case with me for sure. Like when I first started out, what I would have defined the purpose of my business as has definitely changed since then Mm -hmm. significantly. Um, So I guess I just want to check in with your thoughts. Do you agree (laughs) with that? But uh, like, I, I, from me, I give you permission if you're listening to let it change and not be a perfectionist about it and just start with something. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think that, you know, while I have put an emphasis on like being clear with understanding what you want the impact of your business to be, I think that it should feel fluid and that it can change based on where you're at in your life. A lot of the clients that I've worked with always kind of come in and they, are like dead set. They've got their mission statement and like they're dead set on like getting this entire like vision statement or like understanding what their purpose is. But like you said, the more, I think if we're allow, we allow ourselves to be flexible, it's going to be a lot easier to just like lead with our purpose. And so sometimes like I think back to my own journey in the beginning, my purpose was just making money, you know? And like, that was the Mm -hmm. sole focus of like, what I wanted to do because I didn't know what else I could be doing. You know, I think I needed more experiences in the world and with my clients and with particular people that impacted how I approached my work moving forward. And so my purpose from seven years ago to now has completely transformed and changed. Um, And so I think, like you said, like if anybody's listening or for those who are listening, um, being flexible with yourself and understanding that as you just grow in your business, as you age in general, your experiences are going to impact what your purpose is. And that is completely okay. Yeah. And I think this probably also applies to brand, right? Like I always think about the fact that I am constantly getting to know my ideal customer better and better and like learning more about them and, and, how to connect with them, how to speak in their language and really create things that are in service to them. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm able to have a stronger brand all of the time because I'm always getting to know this person better. So, I mean, I guess I would pose that to you, like, is having a strong, powerful brand, is there like an end point (laughs) or is that just like a constantly evolving process that you're always making it better and better? It's a constant evolving process. And I've talked to some people who are just like, what? Like I have to keep (laughs) working and developing this, but like If you ever feel like that, I would definitely urge you to kind of take stock of what's happening in your business because it should be an enjoyable process. You know, if you're not enjoying the things that you're doing, I definitely recommend just like taking a moment to figuring out what can you do differently to make it an enjoyable process. You like, you should be loving the work that you're doing, especially if this is your business. Um, but absolutely your ideal client, you will either pivot clients or you'll just become so much more clear on who they are as you continue to grow in your business. Um, because what's happening is you're just gaining more experience with either customers, clients, you're having more conversations as you age, conversations become a lot more natural sometimes. And so with that comes just Uh, being able to grow your business with your audience, you know? So like when I first started, 
my ideal client was probably in their mid twenties. And now that I'm in my late twenties, I'm working with people who are predominantly around my age group and who are in their thirties, who are wanting to start their own thing because they're tired of working full time for uh, a nonprofit or another business. Um, and so as your business progresses, it's completely normal to have this endless pursuit of understanding who your ideal client is. Yeah. Yeah. What, in terms of your own brand, like what have been the things recently or just overall that have made the biggest impact for you when, I guess when it comes to brand or just marketing overall, like what right now is working really well for you? What's working particularly well is, um, putting myself out there a lot more, um, in terms of just like, (laughs) make creating pitches for brands that I would love to work with and reaching out to people that I would love to do workshops with. And so it's taken me a long time to get to this point. And I wish I, this is actually one of those things going back to the, one of the first questions you asked me of what I wish I could tell myself, uh, when I first started is that I think a lot of the focus in businesses tend to be, at least with my experience with my clients is there's this focus on marketing just on Instagram or just on Facebook or TikTok. Like there's these marketing channels and there's this constant frustration around the algorithm. You know, somebody actually asked me recently, like, what are your thoughts on the algorithm? Um, (laughs) And my thoughts always come back to like, I want business owners to understand that that is not the only way that they can build their business or increase or even just convert their audience or increase the revenue. There are so many other things that you could be doing for your business to get more eyes on it that might work better for you. And so that might look like, you know, trying to get your brand into some local stores or pitching those bigger stores and having your products in there. It might look like going to a fair next weekend, or maybe it's doing a talk at a local conference for, or a local networking group. Like there are so many ways to build your brand. Um, and I don't think the priority, sh- the only priority should ever be just social media. I think it's definitely a tool. Um, but the things that are working well for me, particularly right now is doing those things. And so that is, establishing relationships with people in the brands that I want to collaborate with. It's putting myself out there and advocating for myself as somebody who can talk about building your brand and building your business. Um, And so uh, right now it's a lot of pitching and developing relationships. Mm -hmm. I love that point so much that marketing does not equal social media. It is... I think the biggest thing that I notice with people with small business owners that I work with is the like over allocation of time and energy on social media and Instagram in specific mm-hmm. with respect to like a full marketing plan. And yeah, it's so easy to look at social media, spend all our time there, but not realize that maybe that's not actually the thing that's driving the most results for us. So yeah, really getting intentional about that, I think is, is super smart. Something you said toward the beginning of the episode is about like helping your clients select the right platforms for them, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what we're talking about here in terms of like, where do you spend your limited time and energy? What 
do help them? What factors do you help your clients think about when they're, you know, thinking about all of the different marketing things they could be doing, like how they, how they narrow that down? What, Mm -hmm. what do you consider or what do you encourage people to think through there? What I often encourage them to think through is identifying, um, number one, where their audience is right now uh, and what they what their audience might want to or how they want to interact with them, basically. And so if your audience is on Instagram, my approach is always like, cool, how can we create some like high level content that can build your brand and really showcase your personality or like the personality of your brand and then filter them into your email list or filter them into an opportunity for them to get to know you further. Um, there are, um, I've worked with some authors before to build their brands. And one of the things that was kind of a uh, pivotal point in them pitching their book was the quote unquote lack of audience. But what happened was they had a fairly decent audience on Instagram, but they didn't necessarily have an engaged audience. And so through our work together, we identified opportunity to filter their Instagram audience into a newsletter where this person could share their progress on writing the book, uh, what was going into it, the research, the findings, so that they could develop an engaged audience and that people would feel a part of this process. And so it definitely... Um, always depends on where do you find the revenue generating opportunities? Is it some people have a really easy time selling an Instagram stories and if that's their thing, then let's stick to it. Some people like to do more sales calls. So how can we utilize the channels that you're on to have people hop on calls with you? Um, Or some people just want to nurture those relationships. So if that's your vibe and that's the opportunity for you to generate revenue and like long-term leads, how can we get them onto your newsletter or whatever way makes sense for you? Um, And so when my clients and I approach this particular thing, it's always like, what has where is your audience, but also what is the thing that will help you generate revenue? Yeah. Awesome. Great answer. (laughs) Um, Before we go into the questions that I ask all the guests on this podcast, is there anything else that I haven't um, gotten to when it comes to brand or any questions that you wish I would have asked you? Any final thoughts on brand? I think final thoughts on branding is that, um, like we said earlier, it's a constant process of just like building it. And the one thing that I always work on with my clients is just making sure that like at the end of the day that your business isn't running you. And so while we're Mm -hmm. like building our brand and building our businesses, it's really important to keep in mind that we started our businesses for the things that we wish were in the world, you know? And so like, it could be, you wish you had this particular product. Like I think back to a client that started creating maternity activewear because while she was pregnant, she couldn't find activewear that would actually work for her growing body. Um, And so it's things Mm -hmm. like that where we're starting businesses from the things that we wish we had. Um, And with that, we want to make sure that like, we're not constantly just working ourselves to the bone. And I'm starting to see this like shift on social media, like away from just hustle culture constantly. Um, But remembering that you don't have to do everything. 
Like you're an expert in what you're doing, but you don't have to know how to do your bookkeeping or build your brand or your website, like whatever it might be. It's okay to get support when you can get support. Um, and you should get that support when you're able to. Um, I feel like, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a kid. It also takes a village to kind of run a business at, the, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keeping in mind that like, it's okay to ask for support. You don't have to know everything. You're going to mess up. Things are going to feel wonky sometimes. Um, but as you keep growing and just really paying attention to the experiences that really light you up inside and that feel really good, chase those moments and figure out how can I replicate this again in a future experience? Mm, I love that. Okay. So how do you approach doing good through your small business? I approach doing good in my small business, um, by helping women build more wealth. Um, the gen, like obviously there's like the gender pay gap and, and it impacts women in jobs, but it also impacts women who run their own businesses. And so the 99.99% of my clients are women. Um, and what tends to happen with that is they'll come to me with like either a frustrating experience that they've had where they haven't felt heard or validated, or they've been taught these like icky sales t- tactics that just like left a sour taste in their mouth and that just didn't work for them. And so they feel like they're kind of back at square one. And so my goal to do good in my business is to help them feel heard and validated and take everything into consideration so that we're building a business that works for their life. You know, so if it's a mom who is about to go on maternity leave, how can we build a business that's running, essentially running itself without you needing to be there constantly? If it's somebody who wants to quit their full-time job, how can we help you create the revenue necessary so that you can run this business full-time? And so it changes from client to client, but my goal is to always help women do what they actually want in life and feel just validated and excited about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking about the ripple effect of, of what so many of our businesses do. And I think particularly like service providers like you, when you are creating lives and business, helping people create lives and businesses like you're doing the ripple effect that that has on like their families and the people around them and what they're able to do with their money. Like it's so huge. So um, I think that's such a great and important way of doing good. And I'm glad that you're doing it. Um, What is one small business you admire? Um, One small business that I admire, obviously I'm going to shout out one of my clients that I absolutely adore. It's a Detroit based brand. It's called Black Sapote. They're a no smoke cannabis experience, but they sell CBD based products like tea, butter, tinctures, and more. Um, And so They've really taken this idea of trying to destigmatize what cannabis typically is um, mm-hmm. and really building products that are meant to help you live a, um, a balanced life and that create this experience for you so that you can slow down and actually enjoy your time. Amazing. We will link that up in the show notes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a book that you would recommend? 
Um, a book that I recommend, um, I read it for the first time over December. Um, I ended up taking all of December off because I was incredibly burnt out. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was an incredible book to read that I will be revisiting, but it's called Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Devin Price. Um, mm. It's not technically like a business book, but I love it because it really puts into perspective how hustle culture is just embedded in everything that we do um, and how laziness truly just does not exist. Um, and reading that book mm. really kind of transformed how I approached my own work ethic and how I like approach my days. Um, it was a very insightful read, um, and really just has impacted how I approach what I'm doing. Awesome. That is a new one for me. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I think that's one I probably really need. So as, yeah. <laughs> as you probably noticed getting the email from me last night at whatever time it was. So, um, cool. Well, B, this has been Absolutely fantastic. I would love for you to share a little bit about how people could work with you, what kind of people you, what kind of businesses you work with. Um, If you want to share the specific link to your free course and how to connect with you on Insta, all the things, like how can people go further with you? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Thank you again so much for having me on. If people want to connect, I'm super active on Instagram. You can find me at Powerhouse Brand Studio. And at the link in my bio, you'll find the link to my course, which is Identify, Attract, and Convert Your Audience. Um, It's obviously also on my website. Um, And the people that I tend to work with are kind of a variety of people. It really depends on where you're at in your business. And so I've worked with product-based businesses. I've worked with service-based businesses, people who are just starting out to who are like five years in. Um, And how I tend to work with them is either we'll do a VIP day, which is basically just eight hours of undivided attention on your business to help you get to the next phase of your business. And so if you've got specific things that you feel are holding you back right now, VIP day can really help you work through that and help you just grow into the next phase of uh, your revenue. Um, And then, yeah, outside of that, uh, connect with me uh, at Powerhouse Brand Studio and let's chat. Let's get to know each other. Yay. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been a super fun conversation. I'm sure it's given people a lot to think about. Um, I'm really glad to do an episode on brand and kind of talking about what that actually means and how people can start approaching it. So thank you for all of the wisdom you shared with us. And yeah, absolutely. Listeners go check out B and all of her great content and um, yeah, connect with her and see what see what kind of magic you can make (laughs) well thank you so much i obviously love talking about brands so it was great to dig into all this stuff today with you early on in this episode b said something that i think was my main takeaway and possibly will be yours too she said your brand is your business's biggest asset i hope this episode helped you figure out how to build a stronger brand so that you can get more of the results and make more of the impact that you want to make Be sure to take advantage of B's free mini course about identifying, attracting, and converting your audience. You can find the link to that in the show notes. The show notes can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 130. That's 130. 
I know B and I would both love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram. B is at Powerhouse Brand Studio, and I'm at Lauren Tilden. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways you can give back to making good. First, I would be super honored if you would leave a review and rating in your favorite podcast player. Second, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, feel free to send them the link. And finally, I would love for you to take a screenshot in your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. Again, I would so love to connect with you and cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.